Hi, beautiful people. I'm Shanika. I'm Chloe. I'm Corey. I'm Kelsey. And we are Mother. We are Black mothers. And artists in a big city. Navigating motherhood for the first time. Through a pandemic. Sharing our personal experiences. The sweet moments with the kids. And all the shit they don't tell you. Motherhood. Raw. Undressed. And unapologetic. This journey can be a mother. Shut your mouth. This is Mother. Ladies, episode one of Mother. Here we are. Yeah. So excited slash nervous. I don't know why, though, because y'all are my girls. We've been doing this already. So now we're just like making it legit, you know? Um, yeah, you know what? It's probably because we're like letting people into our little secret circle. That's probably why yes. they're like coming into our little secret circle that we that we've been having. <laughs> yes, we've been having our little pandemic private Zoom moments, and now like everybody else is going to hear what we're talking about, which is wild. But I'm so excited! I'm so excited. Um, so today for our first episode, I felt like it was a good idea for us to delve into specifically the Black mom experience because we're all Black women. And I think that our journey to motherhood is extremely unique for a multitude of reasons. Um, and we all have different stories with our births. We all have different um, you know, timelines for which we chose to be mothers. There's so many different things that we all have um, that I think are, are very unique to us as women, but then also to us as Black women. So I felt like that was a good place for us to start today. So we're going to talk about the Black mom experience. Um, so the thing I kind of wanted to start with, or the question I wanted to ask for everybody and sort of see where we go with that, is talking about when I say Black mother, what are some of the first thoughts that come to mind for you? Mm. For me, legacy. Mm-hmm. Legacy comes to mind for me first. Um, the fact that we come from such an incredible an- ancestry pool. I'm not I'm talking even beyond just like our actual mothers and grandmothers, but just like the legacy of of just the strong black women legacy pool. That's what comes mm-hmm. to mind for me. The word resilience that. comes to mind for me. Mm-hmm. Just like so I feel like as black mothers mothers in general but quite i feel like you have to be really resilient and like creative right mm-hmm. like there's no that, that that's just the word that's speaking to me it just feels like yeah you just have to to kind of be able to rebound and re, just be able to continue to create and be you know full of life and so mm-hmm. i don't know resilience is just like you're always up against something and how do you you know battle through that yeah. Um, I would say for me, strength um, is the word that comes to mind. Just I feel like there's such a, a weight to the to black mother um, and like in great ways and then in like terrible ways as well. And so I think like strength uh, in both like forms uh, comes to mind for me. Mm. I think for me, I was thinking just sort of piggybacking on, on all of your different words. I was thinking of roots. Like I instantly just saw like this huge, like Oak tree with these huge roots into the ground. Um, because I just, you know, I see black women as the beginning of everything, um, that everything kind of spawned from us. And so, um, thinking about that actually has given me a lot of strength throughout kind of navigating motherhood in these past four months of just knowing how connected we all are to the earth um, and our very existence, you know, like our, our ancestors, blood, sweat, and tears went into building this country. So there's something about that that feels really powerful. And, and also it was something I was thinking about a lot going into labor because I had a lot of fear around going into labor. Um, and I remember a couple of friends telling me that like, you have the strength of your ancestors, of your mother and your grandmother and your great grandmother and all those people who've done this before you, and you have everything you need to bring this child into the world. And that gave me so much peace in that, in those months leading up to when I was getting really nervous about actually having to go into labor, (laughs) Um, which kind of leads me to the next thing. 
that I wanted to sort of open for a discussion for us. And, you know, we can kind of just chat it up like we always do um, about whether you had any specific fears about being a mom because you are a black woman. Um, and, and sort of talking about what those things are and kind of what came up for you when you found out you were pregnant, um, if there were anything specific that you feel you wanted to share on that front. Well, of course, mm. I, I mean, being a mother who was going to have a son, a black son, the reality of that, um, was the fear that I had. I think when I first found out I was pregnant, I was I was so excited. I don't really think I had a lot of fear. And then Chloe, my beautiful friend, introduced me to the Positive Birth Company. Um, so yeah. I started doing the hypnobirthing courses. And that was very helpful because my mother and grandmother had very traumatizing um, childbirth experiences. And those were the stories that I had heard before that, you know, before becoming a mom. And I knew that I wanted to kind of create my own narrative, my own emotions about childbirth leading up to it. And I really wanted to think very positively because I'm all about, you know, positive energy. And then in my spirit, I knew I was going to have a son actually before I found out he was going to be a boy. And mm. then um, it's so interesting because when I when I was having that thought, the uprising of the Black Lives Matter movement during the pandemic was happening. And so that made me that much more emotional about it because, you know, it's different when it was happening and you didn't think about you bringing a life into this world and carrying a being. And then it was something different when it was like, oh, now I have to care for this being. And I have to yes. try at some point, I'm going to have to release him. And at some point I'm going to have to give him freedoms. And at some point I'm going to have to teach him all these things mm-hmm. that his other, you know, white counterpart, his other friends yeah. of other races are not even going to have to know, you know? Right. And yes. that was going through my mind while also trying to maintain positive thinking because, you know, you really are thinking about that mind-body connection to your seed. And I also was like, how am I going to do that without worrying as well? Because I don't want Mm -hmm. him to live this life with fear. I want him to be knowledgeable, but not fearful, you know? Mm -hmm. So I would say that out of everything, my pregnancy was pretty joyous. But that fear about raising a Black son in a world that doesn't understand him, doesn't care to understand him, and doesn't value his existence was tough. That was mm-hmm. the fear that I had, you know, and I know I have a strong husband and who is going to help me in making sure that he is strong and that he's able to go out in this world without the fear, but with the knowledge. But as a mother, you know, from day one, you never stop worrying, right? Like mm-hmm. it's already just like, I feel like it comes with just becoming a mom, you know, you naturally yes. have that, that concern, that worry. So I would say that was my fear is just like in raising a black son, that part of it, because even though I have hope for a better future, I don't think all these beautiful children are are part of this second baby boom for nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, I do have hope that there's going to be a better tomorrow. But while we're in the thick of it still, that is, you know, that was a fear for me personally. Yes. I can totally identify with that too. I had that same fear and we didn't find out the sex of our son until he was born. So I went throughout my entire pregnancy, not knowing, but everybody, literally everybody said it was a boy. (laughs) And so I kept, yes. (laughs) I was like, it is definitely a boy. Yes. Everybody said it was a boy at my baby shower. We had like little team girl, team boy bracelets. No one took team girl. Like everybody was like the pet nods are having a boy. And I just, I had a lot of fear around it. And I think I, it took me a a second to like really be okay saying that out loud because for a while I felt a little shame around, around that of like, I'm scared to have a boy because I know what that's going to be like. I know the conversations I'm going to have. I know that that's going to have to be a very different journey for me. Um, and it was very scary. And, and I, you know, I, I have some video footage of, uh, Swain and I, when we found out that we were pregnant and we had gone to, um, a couple of Breonna Taylor marches and 
you know, we were out and about and obviously, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, so it was scary, but it just was something that I felt like we had to do, especially with me being pregnant, because I just even, I had even more of a vested interest in seeing justice for Breonna Taylor, which she still hasn't gotten and, and George Floyd, you know, it felt like it was even more active or activated now that I had a child inside of me that I knew that was going to be black, whether it was a boy or a girl that, you know, Mm -hmm. it just, it just sort of activated that extra fire that even though we were in a pandemic, I was like, we have to go, we have to be there. We'll be as safe as we can, but we have to participate in this, you know? And it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it was very, very, enlightening and and crazy to think about now that he's here but like in the midst of it it's just you sort of have this this trigger that kicks over and I think it's just a a subconscious thing that as black women we've constantly had to do where we have to adapt and it's like okay well now I'm pregnant and we're in a pandemic and I'm going to have a black child and I've got to figure out what to do in order to make him or her the safest possible Mm, you know mm -hmm, yeah totally all right that's the one freaking out <laughs> he doesn't care that we're, <laughs> we're doing that Jackson uh, is not concerned with mother <laughs> no not at all he's like uh yep and he's looking at me too he's gonna look hi buddy um <laughs> um what can can you just tell me we're just like so how did you you the question was how did you feel when you got pregnant or like what were your fears or anxieties about being pregnant yeah like did you did being a black woman kind of amplify any fear that you had around having children or if there were any fears that you felt during your pregnancy um, that kind of circulated around you being a black woman as well, you know? Yeah, I definitely think just, you know, the, the, when I was pregnant and again, like, you know, with the pandemic, having to go to all these appointments by myself, you know, like all of us that, you know, my husband was never allowed to come to anything. He never saw one ultrasound. He never saw one, nothing. Um, so being sure that, and then the, the, also the resources and the, what, what was, what was available to me as a black woman, as far as, um, mater- you know, pregnancy care, like doctors I could go to that I wouldn't have to pay out of pocket for people that were in mm. my network. It was like, I was just waiting through a bunch of white women and I was scared. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know how this is going to go, you know, because it's just, and you just, there's, you just don't know. So I, yeah. you know, took a, took a risk, not a risk, but it, I feel like it always is a risk, right. Depending on uh, that's how I viewed it. But I saw that I needed to protect myself. And that was like the number one thing. I think being pregnant and being a black woman, this, this, like this sense of authority over my body came very strong that I don't think I had before. I remember my first midwife appointment, I looked at her and I said, I'm a black woman. The three of you are white women. Are you going to protect me? Like that was the first thing I said. Mm, to I I don't, I don't know what, it was just something came over me and that's what I felt. And she looked at me and she goes, Oh, okay. Um, yes. Uh, And then she literally, literally, she goes, she was flustered. She was flustered. She goes, let me get Tanya in here. And she called and they found their only black midwife that they had and brought in. We have people, we have people. I'm like, I can't. Okay. Tanya was the one. She's like, they brought Tanya in here to make sure. But you know what? That's powerful, Kelsey, though. That's so powerful that you just like took ownership and and let them know, like, this is the deal. If y'all are going to be working with me, this is what it's going to be. That is so, that is inspiring and powerful because for some reason, when we see those white coats or we see someone of expertise, of authority, some of us get a little shook. And yeah. you'd be thinking they it's know all to. Like, just shut the up. Lights, you know? It's sterile. It's so unwelcoming. Yes. Like it's yeah. hard not to. Yeah. So yes. for you to do that, that is, that so is real. inspiring, man. That's so real. And I can totally vibe with that as well. That's part of the reason why I chose to have a home birth because yeah. I felt like my spirit ignited when I found out I was pregnant and my husband and I had started talking about like, you know, labor plans or like what we wanted to do in terms of that. And I just, in my spirit, 
I felt so connected to a home birth and it was 100% my instincts because if my mind had gotten involved, I would have let my mind talk me out of it 100% because it was a scary thing to even land on having a home birth. Like this is my first child. We're in a pandemic. I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) Like who does that? Like who chooses to make this decision? Like, but I just felt my instincts really connecting to it. Like, this is what you have to do. This is the only way that you, Corey, Michelle Petnot are going to feel the safest. And that was really like, I felt maybe one of those moments where, you know, I was rooted in my ancestry of like, this is the choice you got to make girl. And I know it's scary, but this is, this is it for you. And it felt, you know, even though I, I was scared kind of going through it and, and sort of making the decision when I hired, when we hired our midwife and we hired our doula, I felt like, okay, I feel so safe with them that ultimately I trust no matter what's going to happen, that they have my back and that they are going to listen to me and listen to my concerns. And that was really the main thing that I felt nervous about, you know, in, in the, in the hospital system, um, which kind of like leads me to the next thing that I wanted to, you know, ask you guys about, um, if you felt like your birthing experience or your pregnancy or prenatal care was impacted by the fact that you were a black woman, did you feel, and I know Kelsey, you sort of talked about this a little bit with your midwife experience, but, um, in your care with your particular doctors, I don't know how many of you had, um, doctors of color or, um, had any sort of experience like that, but did you feel that, it was impacted by the fact that you were a black woman or is it something that you felt didn't really affect you too much? I would say the one thing I did have like a weird experience with was my doula who in the end, I actually got all my money back because it was like a pointless. Yeah. It was stupid because she couldn't come into the hospital. And so um, after speaking with another another person um another doula she like was like oh no like other doulas you know because it was the beginning of the pandemic no one knew what to do like it was all new virtual stuff was all new nothing was really in place at that point but like other doulas that she knew would like still go to the hospital and they just like wait outside but they'd be on FaceTime the whole time literally like didn't really hear from mine she like was like oh just call when you need but like you know like how do I know what I need when I'm like in labor and then the one time I needed her and I called she didn't answer no I'm not kidding you it was hideous like it was it was like at the point Shanika knows from like the positive birth company that you're going like through the transition it's when you think you can't do it anymore yeah Um, emotional she needed that's the literal emotional support (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. you need it yeah, exactly. It was like the one time, and then like legit, I'm not even kidding you. She probably called back 10 minutes and I'd had my baby because it was, it was literally the point where I was about to push. I pushed and like, she came out, but like, yeah, it was like the one moment I needed her and she didn't pick up the phone. I'm like, that is your job. And it just, I just yeah. felt like, so unse- like, I felt so like, un- like invisible. Mm. And then she said she would make it up after with like, you know, like, um, coming round and like helping at the beginning, like, you know, like dropping off, obviously she can stay, but like dropping off some stuff and like, blah, blah, blah. She came one time, which is like part of like what they're meant to do anyway. And then like, she never came again. And like, you know, I just was like, I just felt completely like I was just like fogged off, you know, just like, left. Wow. oh, well, like, you know, I tried, it's a pandemic. I couldn't do it. And like, just like, cast off to the side and I just was like can't like you know and it really made me think because like there's just there's many many things especially moving to America where I understand my my privilege like one my accent two my mixed race like there's many things I understand my privilege and growing up in a big city and being from London I guess like sometimes I've been oblivious to things and that was like definitely a moment where like I saw me like Kyle and myself for like how it is and it was like Mm. very it was like such a weird like smack in the face of like would she like would she treat like because I think too many times I'm just like oh I'm sure everyone gets treated like that and I was like would she treat a white couple like that 
Mm, and, I'm, wow. and like I know I look young and I think sometimes as well because of that I also get treated and I'm, and like it's so sorry I'm going off on like a thousand tangents no, no uh, you're it. nailing it we're all like shaking our head because yes. you're nailing it because I also wonder if it's classism too if they yeah, think I, that because you look like you don't have the coin I you know think, they can just I think whatever. so and like yes you know especially like pushing pushing Campbell around like being with my child I'm like so aware of how people may perceive me when they just mm. see like Kyla and me on the street you know like so real up. that is so I real like a brown child and I'm just like I wonder what people think like or how they look at me or and it's so bizarre because w- but when you don't have a child you just don't think of those things you know yeah, yeah. and like who should I care anyway? But I just like, it really is like, oh my gosh. And it makes me like, think about how I may perceive people too. It's just mm. been like, so interesting. But that was yeah. the one time where I was like, whoa. Okay, girl. That's wild. And thinking about this question <laughs> for me, it was actually the, the pediatrician choosing. That was um, mm. interesting uh, because... I'll tell you this, my hospital experience, my doctor, my gynecologist, my OB, I've had her for so long that I already had a relationship with her. She's part of the reason why I actually changed my mind about what I wanted, how I wanted to birth at first. Um, I really wanted a water birth. We all know in the city of New York, that's like going to a birthing center. They like don't exist anymore for some reason. Um, Cause I, I, I didn't necessarily want to be at home, but I wanted to be close enough to you know, a medical facility to where if anything went wrong, you know, I could get the help that I needed. And I'm used to people being able to be in the birthday center. And that is like not for some reason, like almost non-existent. And I didn't want to leave my doctor because I'm so obsessed with her. Uh, I believe she is a woman of color. I don't know specifically what her background is, but um, she's definitely a brown woman. And mm. she's always been so respectful of me, never judgmental. She knew a lot about my, you know, my sex history, everything. So I didn't want to leave that comfort. And um, and it was Columbia, which is one of the best hospitals, New York Presbyterian, best hospitals in New York. So I felt very comfortable there. But when I got there, the first nurse who was attending, who was like attending to me, she was not so pleasant. And she was a white woman. And I don't know if it was because her shift was changing over or what it was. But I was so happy <laughs> when the shift did change over because then I did get uh, uh, a woman of color, uh, uh, a Spanish woman. And she was so she made me feel like a super woman. She was so helpful and patient with me and just and, and, and so comforting. Um, but like I was saying to the to the pediatrician choosing, I really want to choose a pediatrician of color. And I researched and researched and going back to the system, Chloe, you know, there's also only so much within the system of what is my insurance take? Is my insurance even going to take particular pediatricians? So that started a whole other journey of what my options were out there. Um, And then just also wanting to get recommendations from friends. And I actually didn't have, I recognize that I didn't have originally a lot of friends of color who were already mothers to ask. Um, And so then I did have some people give me recommendations, but when I even was looking at the doctor facility and everything like that, it just didn't seem up to par. And so that was the whole thing. And I ended up going with um, a particular pediatrician, um, my friend, Jessica, recommend it and I really like them however I do feel like because I am a young mother I seem like a young mother and I am a woman of color and me and my husband come in with our street style you know and I've looked around and I've almost asked how many kids of color do y'all see because when you see in their little back wall where people have sent in you know Christmas cards and stuff it's a lot of white kids you know not very many kids of color And at first it was really messing with my head because the doctor, she cares for for Grant and she knows her stuff, but she is a little dry. And I couldn't figure Mm -hmm. out if that was like something I should take personal or if it was more just 
her personality, you know. Mm-hmm. And then my husband was like, you know what? We don't care. We just need her to do her job, take care of our son. And if any at any moment that she gets out of pocket, we can check her and we can go somewhere else, you know. Yes. But he is he he I really love having him as a partner because he just really does not give a darn about what anybody thinks. Like he is always just like, who yeah. cares? <laughs> who cares? Do what do we do what we have to do. Walk in there, know what you're talking about and do what you got to do. Don't worry about all this other stuff. Who's paying attention to us? Who's doing what? Because we do. And I wonder if that's an artist thing. I wonder if it comes from our background of just always putting ourselves in that light to be judged. You know, it comes mm. with with our profession. You know, we're always yeah. having to think about like, what are they thinking? You know? And so it was really helpful to start to think of it that way. And, to, and I kept having to give myself self-talks before walking into the doctor's office each time to empower myself. I know my child. I know I'm a great mother. I know my son. I know what I'm talking about. And, and, and no, this isn't a stupid question because this is my first time being, being a mother, mm-hmm. you know? And I found that actually when I walked in there with that type of empowerment thinking, the appointment went better. She yeah. was more receptive. Mm-hmm. She was more like, oh yeah, I know of that, you know? And I was like, so I wonder if before when I was seeming like I didn't know all she, you know, her approach with me yeah. was a little bit more like I'm better than you, you know, type mm. of effect, as opposed to like when I came in feeling empowered and just, you know, uh, being confident in my motherhood uh, that that it went differently. So I, I couldn't figure out if it was like a thing of color or if it was just that part of just feeling like I'm the expert and you don't know what you're talking about type yeah, of situation. Yeah. But for me, that it was a picking of the pediatrician, which I still feel like we're in test drive mode, if you know what I'm saying. Mm. You know what I mean? It has like um, a lot to do with what area you're in, because I feel like for Corey and myself, like being in Brooklyn, right, and Tribeca, where we are going, um, you know, are most of the doctors of color? Yeah, I mean, our practice, the practice that we go to, I think there's more female black pediatricians at at that particular office than anything else. Yeah, it's I mean, it's really great. It's interesting. It's like it is a it's like a location game, an insurance game. Like what I was saying before, unfortunately, when I was looking at the black practices, they just didn't seem like up to par. And that was killing me because I wanted to support and I wanted my son to be cared for by a black woman, but it just seemed like they didn't offer the same level of like the facility looked crazy or, you know, I would have mothers that complained about the communication and I was like, okay, my people, my people. Okay. I, I want to be down. I'm trying to you, support, but, uh, but I need you to pull I'm up. To support, but uh, pull up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. That's actually like how I felt about you know what Shanika, what you said about being in the hospital, and then you got a nurse of color, and she was amazing. I actually had the opposite experience of like my night nurse, this like younger white woman. She was like incredible. Like was like whatever positions you want to do, like da 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 da. Then the morning shift happened, and I got a woman of color, and she was like, like. Te- like actually all of them were terrible it wasn't good as her so she was like <laughs> my nurse <laughs> yeah was, actually never mind they all were actually never bad. mind they all they were all like I go I said uh, oh you know I really want to try and like move around and like what's the best position one of them said the best position is an epidural position how very hell no Hell yeah. no, how dare you? Yeah, Kyle was Look. like, she doesn't want an epidural. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And just for people listening, we're saying how dare you because you, that, first of all, that's a mother's choice. That is a woman's choice. Yes. And you do not, you don't do exactly. that. If she said she didn't want that one, there's nothing wrong epidural. with getting an epidural. Right. I just want to make one, that clear. <laughs> yes, there's nothing However, wrong. She I, said she didn't <laughs> want one. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, she said she did not want one. That is such a gag. It's just crazy to me that, like, you know, I mean, obviously, we everybody has different experiences, and 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 every hospital is different, every doctor is different, and you know, there's there's just you can run the gamut in terms of of the experiences, and it's not always about like, 
you know, for us, we all just wanted to have the best care for ourselves and for our babies. And like the, the thing that, that felt really empowering in the moment of finding out that I was pregnant. And it seems like for all of you as well, is that there's just sort of this innate strength that comes with that of like, no, actually that's not going to work for me. I know what I want. As long as I'm safe and my baby is safe, this is the choice I want to make. And that we all kind of felt comfortable, even in, in choosing pediatricians and all of that, no matter what they looked like, what their race was, you know, it's ultimately about us feeling safe and, and our babies feeling safe. And that's the most important, important thing. Um, and yeah, and, and sort of piggybacking off of that, the next thing I wanted to talk about, which I feel like is sort of kind of in the vein of what we're talking about already, but I think we, I would be remiss if we didn't mention this because we all had our babies um, in 2020 going into 2021, where we had the changeover between Donald Trump and our president now, Joe Biden, and that almost all of us were pregnant or had just had a baby going into the election. <laughs> and so I just wanted to sort of tap on that just a little bit um, about what that was like, you know, what, what was it like being pregnant or being a new mom going into, I think, one of the most um, important elections of our lifetime, really, <laughs> um, because it was the difference between us going into the new year with a plan about how to vaccinate people with from this deadly virus or not. Um, and, you know, being in a no, another year of lockdown or not, it, w it just felt like so important. So I just want to sort of tap a little bit on that and what that felt like because we were all pregnant during that time or our new moms. I was giving you a full like movie moment. I was actually just doing yeah. the most. I went onto the corner of my <laughs> building. I went outside. I was just like, <laughs> I just crying on the corner by myself because Wayne had gone on a bike ride. I don't remember what he was going to do, but he had gone on the bike ride. And so I was on my own when they pronounced it. I was by myself. And I just like went out to the corner and I'm just like pregnant and like a tube top and just like <laughs> crying on the corner of Sullivan and Nostrand in Brooklyn. People are driving by honking. Like people are like, God bless you, sister, and that little baby. It just was like such an amazing moment. And I didn't realize how much I had been holding my breath all year up until that point. Like I literally felt like my whole existence was just like right up here. And in that moment, I just felt my whole entire body relax. And so the emotions just sort of poured out of me because it was, it's crazy. I mean, like you think about the fact that you have this little black child in your womb and our country is literally being led by a racist, <laughs> you know, like our, our president was a racist, is a racist person, was a racist person. And so you, you think about like, am I selfish for bringing this, this little child into the world, into this, you know, into this craziness. Um, and so to, to finally have that little light at the end of the tunnel of like, okay, we're going to have a president who can at least bring us back to some sense of the middle. Is it, the extremes that I think need to happen in order for us to, as black people, feel fully safe. No, I don't know if you guys just heard. Yes, a Carver has gas. The raw, the real, the un. We are raw, real, honey, over here. The booty and a tootie. We are, yes, we are real raw. Okay, Carver. I, there's nothing better than a baby fuck. This um, part. He parts like a grown man, you know, like it's just, I don't know if it's my husband or him half the time. <laughs> so real. Sometimes um, I'm like, Gregory, was that you? And he's like, no, that's you? your baby. <laughs> what a trick bag. It's just so funny. He's like, all right, mom, enough. But yeah, you know, like, I'm sure we all had similar reactions. It just was like, it was such a relief, such a relief going into to that. I actually just had this conversation like two days ago with um, someone I know and he, him and his girlfriend were in the Poconos and he said it was mm. like, you know, there's like loads of companies around there and he said it was like the day that it was announced, he was like on a hike in the middle of nowhere and he, there was like a, this Ameri an, another family close by and they were like looking at it and they were like, oh, 
can't believe it. He won. And they were like so down and he ran and he was like, did Biden win? And they were like, I think, you know, he was like, yeah, he was like so happy. But it's, I like can't imagine being like around people that are like, especially as a person of color, being around people that like are so upset about something when it's literally like, you're like, but (laughs) do we matter? Are we like, yeah I was I mean I was so relieved it was I guess it was like interesting and I'm I'm interested how it must have been to be pregnant at that time because I feel like I would have been way more like involved in it but Campbell was like four months at the time and so like we were in the thick of like the beginning anyway and I think like the easiest thing for me was just to like shut it all out and like focus on Campbell like because it was just like I just, I mean, yeah, it was just horrible, wasn't it? It was just like so stressful. And, and just, I, yeah, I just can't believe it was even so close. <laughs> yeah, I, I was pregnant. Because when, when did they official? We were all, I was still pregnant when they announced the results. Um, yeah, right? we I feel like pregnant. it was like November. It was, it was the following week, right? Yeah. Like that following, yeah, that yeah. Saturday. Yes, yes, right. So, I, but I, but I think that, like, I think like Tiffany, I had really just even like after like all the George Floyd, like all of that through the summer, like I think like two weeks into the George Floyd like movement and all that stuff, I was like, okay, there's no more news going on in this house. Yeah. There's no more, no more, no more CNN. Like we're shutting it down. So even like throughout like all the Trump stuff in the election, I literally was like, people like. I was like, I, I, I can't, like, I can't, I can't open up my heart. I can't open up my brain to any of this. I don't want to obsess about it. So I little, even, so everyone was so, it's like, everyone was so excited about the election and about, and I was too, but it, it didn't affect me as much because I had decided to just work on, like be in and inward and work my family and focus on that and being pregnant and all that stuff. So, and even to this day, it's like, I'm obviously glad that he's, you know, no longer in office, but I just. I was like, now I got to focus on myself because I can't get wrapped up in what's going on because I, I, I won't survive. <laughs> I won't survive. So no, that, I is, just, that is so real. I'm, yeah. I like fully, fully, I, I, I fully am there with you because after I got like all emotional with the Black Lives Matter um, up, uprising and fully emotional because I lost my grandmother during that time also, it just was like so much that I too had to go, okay. I'm going to vote. <laughs> and we stood our pregnant asses in that line. Woo woo. Um, <laughs> I'm going to vote. I'm going to do my due diligence. However, I can't. I have to shut this off because my emotional health is so much more important. I feel it. I really feel you on that, Kelsey, so much. And I feel like it takes a lot of guts to do it, especially as a Black person, because I think people judge us for not wanting to stay so tuned in, you know, like just so drawn into it because they almost feel like um, as a culture of people, that is also a part of our duty to be like just so involved. But when does it become a situation where, like you said, Kelsey, you have to choose yourself and you have to think about your emotional health and the emotional health of your baby and the emotional health of your family to the point where not that you're not going to be knowledgeable, but to the point where you are really literally taking care of yourself. Like at some point we really do have to take a breath. Just like I always think about how activists, I always ask my activist friends, like, what are you doing for the self-healing? Because while you're out there working hard for the people, you have to know how to, uh, what is it? Regenerate, regroup, you know, get your energy back, get get the focus back, get your spirit back aligned with your with yourself because it is it, it is it is draining. All of that is so emotionally draining. So I'm glad that Kelsey said that because that was you know that was also the space that I was in too. But when it was announced, we were going to brunch in Harlem, and we heard the clapping, and my husband was like, "Yep, I think it happened." You know, and then, yeah. you know, I knew that it had happened, but I hadn't been watching any news or anything like that because I'm right there with Kelsey. I was like, OK, I, it's time for me to take care of my emotional health because this is a lot. You know, mm-hmm. this is really a lot. It suddenly becomes like you have to, like, 
protect yourself and like it's you know if if you're pregnant or you're with a new child and all you're hearing are like the negative things about like being a person of color of like you're more likely to like die from giving birth and this is going to happen to you and people like it's like if you just keep like hearing all that negativity like it's like we can write a new story and that's what's so exciting about our you know children being born now is they are in like a new moment where, you know, like there is like, you know, we are cared about. And so, but it's like, yeah, I think you have to do what you can to just like have a positive, you know, positive affirmations and positivity surrounding you and not just like hear like, oh, this is getting more likely to happen to you and this is more likely to happen to you. And like, you know, yeah, yep. it makes sense. 100%. Tiff, I remember you telling me, I don't know if this was, you feel, <laughs> I don't know if this was around um, George Floyd stuff, but I think it might've been a, a multitude of things. It actually might've been the George Floyd trial. But I remember Tiffany, you and I were talking and you had been saying that you felt like, you know, your husband Mike had like had it on all the time and you had to sort of like set the boundary of like, we've got to turn this off because it's not you know, I want to know what's happening, but I also like need to prioritize my mental health, which I think is, we're going to talk about that in a whole nother episode. But I think that's something that as black people and as black women specifically, I think it's easy for us to ignore the priority of that and how important that is and that we cannot be good moms on empty tanks, right? Yes. Like we have to fill our own tanks first. Um, and, and part of that is, is focusing and prioritizing our mental health. And we literally, our very existence can be traumatic in some instances, you know, like we're, we're, we're combating so many different things, just walking out on the street every day. So when having the opportunity, at least for me, I'm sure you guys can identify having the opportunity to be able to isolate during pregnancy while there were so many sucky things about that. That was one of the things that was actually really awesome that I felt like I could prioritize myself because I didn't need to empty my tank into anything that I did not want to. And it also was not safe to really do that in the very beginning. So it felt like I, we kind of all had these um, instant padded rooms that we got to be in for a little bit to sort of manage our own mental health throughout, you know, this crazy time that, that we were pregnant, you know? Um, I mean, so real, because can you imagine if we were doing a Broadway show, going through all of that and trying to, you know, care for a child? <laughs> nope. That is sure just like, I don't even know. God bless sure the can. women that have had to do that in the past, because yes. I was talking to one of our good friends, Bahia, who is like just mother goddess everything. And yes, she is. I, I was literally asking her, like, how did you do this while also trying to have a career? And she said she did have moments where she had to be honest with herself and say, you know what? I can't. <laughs> I can't. Yep. I cannot be in the show <laughs> this these next three months. I have to actually mm -hmm. bow out gracefully, you know, mm -hmm. so it is a blessing that we've kind of gotten this uninterrupted time to bond and be moms and to figure this shit out. You know what I mean? Yes. Without the extra added pressure of trying to, you know, stay relevant mm -hmm. <laughs> and do, do the career. Not saying that we haven't been doing self-tapes and things like that, but even still, even still, this is different from having to run down to Midtown to do, you know, all the things, but um, totally. Yeah. I, 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 I agree with that, Corey. Yeah. You know, it's not lost on me that so many black women in our business specifically got pregnant during this break. It's like it's when I think about that, it actually gives me chills because I'm like, how how hard we work in this business to to usually we're fighting for for one spot. You know, all of us are there have been plenty of times where all of us in some instance have been in the same audition for one spot right because they typically only have one spot for us and the fact that our bodies were you know sort of operating in this crazy place of just like trying to go 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 and get the next gig and that the second that we all got a break that we were able to conceive our children and for some of us like 
we were trying to conceive in the midst of the craziness and were unable to. I know for me, I was unable to conceive while, while we were trying when I was in the midst of doing my show because I think I was asking too much of my body. And the second my body got a break, I was able to conceive. And so I think that's something that speaks to the beauty of rest for Black women, um, that it's just so important for us to, to have rest so that we can not only create life, but sustain life, our own lives, you know, to be able to, to be the healthiest people that we can be, that we have to start prioritizing that. And I hope that's something we've learned from this time off that it's important for us to prioritize our rest it's important for us to prioritize our joy it's important for us to prioritize our mental health and and squaring ourselves off from people if that's what we need to do for a little bit that it's important for us to do that for ourselves um and i just wanted to sort of end on a really cool and inspiring note to um ask you guys what you are inspired by or what you're looking forward to with raising your beautiful little brown and black boys and girls? What is something that you're just really excited about um, in raising them in this time? Say there's so much. I think, I think for me, the thing that I'm excited about the most is that hope, like I said, the fact that they are going, like we are going to get another chance as a people and as a country to freaking get it right this time the fact that they are going to be the ones that are going to be the generation of change the generation of the I have a dream you know like it's really actually going to happen um and my spirit wants to believe that so I'm going to hold on to that I'm excited about that I'm excited about them um you know I have a confession to make but I'm really excited to see how cutie grows up I'm like Oh my God, you're just going to be so handsome. <laughs> the teacher's just like how cute you are and just like how you just become like your own little man. I think that is so exciting to like watch them, even just within these four months, just watching his face change and watching his little personality start to come about and watching when he gets angry, what makes him happy. You know, like all of those things are so exciting to just watch them develop and see like, what kind of person are you going to be? Who, yeah. who are you going to be, little Grant? Little Granty? <laughs> that I'm excited about that. I love that. Um, yeah, I, 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 I have that. a similar... Oh, go ahead, Chloe. <laughs> no, you, you can go. You can go. <laughs> no, I feel, I feel the same way. I feel really excited about just seeing what type of person he's going to be. I can already tell that he is so strong-willed. I don't know where he got that from. <laughs> um, but he is, he is so strong-willed. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I just can't wait to see the type of person that he's going to be. And I'm just, I feel so proud of the tribe that I've myself and my husband have been able to sort of um, curate to be around him and like all the different types of people that he's going to get to, to do life with his, his godparents and all of his aunts and uncles and all, just so many different people that come from so many different walks of life. And I'm just so excited to see how they impact the human that he becomes like the human that he grows into, because I think he's just going to be super well-rounded because there's so many different types of people that he gets to, to talk to and ask advice from. And I feel really inspired by, um, I know our country has a lot of work to do, but I feel really inspired by, um, the, the place that we're moving and that even just being able to talk about these things more openly and public platforms. Cause I feel like a lot of the stuff that we've talked about regarding race, at least for me, I think that I think about it as like, Black people kitchen talk, like Thanksgiving dinner talk that you're that the conversations that you have with other black people and the fact that these conversations are happening on public platforms is really exciting to me because it makes me feel like now in a public way, we can we can sort of express these things and not feel like we have to retain so much of this in, internally, which I think is part of the reason why black people have so many health issues also is because there's so much that we internalize. And so the fact that we're able to sort of publicly have these conversations now is exciting to me and that he he may not even know a world where you can't talk about these things openly, which is just it's thrilling to me. I think they have been born into like the hardest time and the most incredible time all wrapped into one. I just feel like the love that we have been able to give Campbell 
and the time we've been able to give her because we have all the time in the world right now. It's just like, you know, we always joke, like, if you have a second, then never going to get what Campbell got, you know, like she just gets to be with us 24 seven. And um, it's just like so incredible to know that these babies are like, I look at little Carver and Grant and I'm just like, they, they're not, they're just, they're going to know a world where like people talk about things. And I always say like, you know, you think of like our parents' generation and like, I can't speak to your parents, but like my parents, like, you know, they didn't talk to their friends about the same kind of thing. So like, there's definitely relationship things that don't necessarily happen because they didn't talk about things and then our generation I feel like talks way more about things and so you know we bounce like questions off each other and it helps with relationships in general and then like you know our kids generation it's going to be like a whole new level of just like being open and being understanding and like you know and I, I truly like I know this is like this is all the hope and like we live in a bubble of like New York City or like, like now LA and like um but I really do hope that that is something that is becoming like more within the whole of America. Like, especially for Campbell, she is an American. She's like first generation American, which is crazy. I never thought I'd have an American child. Um, but it's like very exciting to know that she has been born into an America that seems like it is being more accessible. And because of something like Black Lives Matter, where it made massive corporations that would never have to do that stuff the people made them change their ways even if it's like slightly superficial it's a step like a huge step so yeah i second i agree with all of you i don't have anything else to add i think that's all on par with what i'm looking forward to and jackson's like smiling <laughs> down below the screen so <laughs> he doesn't care <laughs> Jackson, we're all going to have an episode where our little one is is, is on one. So this one's Jackson. Yes, <laughs> Jackson, Jackson, you only get one. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, I, you know, I have, as always, feel so full having conversations with you ladies. I just feel like we are able to just share so many different perspectives. And, and I always learn something when I get off of the following with you guys because I feel like there's always something new that someone shares that I never thought about so I just feel really excited that we're doing this and I wish that something like this existed when I was trying to get pregnant and, you know, throughout this very beginnings because I just think it'd be so it would be so helpful it would be something that I would really really have gotten the opportunity to feel supported by so I'm just so excited that for doing this um thank you guys for for chatting with me thank you guys for listening make sure you follow us on our social media channels on youtube and also on instagram and we will see you next week yes. to stay connected to all things mother follow us on instagram at motherlove underscore that's M-U-T-H-A-L-O-V-E underscore. Thanks for listening.